Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This segment has been brought to you by Gorilla Strength Equipment. They build the equipment that we all use. They take great pride in what they do and believe wholeheartedly that things worth doing are worth doing right. Everything they send out, they're proud of, and every single item that comes out of that shop has a lifetime warranty. Just as important as producing heavy-duty quality equipment is providing top-notch customer service, their number one purpose in life is to make a difference by helping people. Their goal is not to make a transaction with a customer. That doesn't mean shit. It's to create relationships, build friendships, and help people achieve their goals. The home gym craze is really just gone crazy. People aren't wanting to go pay 40, 50, 60, 70 bucks, you know, to go to a gym and spend, you know, several hours of their life there. They're trying to do it in their home. They're trying to do it in the garage, trying to do it in the basement. They're just trying to get it done. So this is a place you want to go to. Gorilla Strength Equipment will make just about anything. The creative mind that David Dennis has is unfathomable. I'd, I've helped him design stuff myself for strongman events. You might have seen our equipment at Mammoth Strength Challenge. You might have seen it at Kentucky Strongest. You might have seen it at the Arnold Amateur World Championships. Last year, we just used the Bubba Bar as the axle deadlift for that championship. Now, we were able to load that bar up to over 700 pounds. There was no flex. None. None whatsoever. And we still had enough room to put another 400 pounds of bumper plates on there. See, they make great stuff. You need it. I need it. I use them all the time. I've got hubs. I've got axles. I've got bars. I've got grip stuff. Everything that you could ever need from Gorilla Strength is there. You need to contact them and let them know. Now, we're running a special deal for you. If you're listening to this podcast, if you use the coupon code H2OCAST, that's H2OCAST, when you do your checkout, you can get a Bubba Bar at the low, low price of $120. That's shipped. That's everything included. That's called you spend $120 and it's going to get delivered to your house. That is fantastic. You're not going to find another deal like that. Now, these are the same bars that we used at the Arnold Championships, the Amateur, Amateur World Championships. We use these bars. They're fantastic. So if you go online, you go to GorillaStrength.us and you use the coupon code H2OCAST, it's H2OCAST, then you can get these very, very, very special bars for only $120 shipped to your house. Normally, they're $150, so you're getting 30 bucks off. This is a huge discount, everybody. Go and check out David Dennis at GorillaStrength.us. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Today, we're sitting down with the uh, the great, the uh, the mystic, the wonderful... Uh, John Anderson, and we're going to talk about some really fun and cool shit today. So let's uh, let's see how this goes. So uh, most of my listeners are going to know who you are because the majority of them are in strength community. But I've got some that are not. So for those that are not, who is John Anderson? <laughs> That's a great question. <clears throat> well, um, I guess you could say I'm the fat little boy who was just dumb enough not to believe the people who told me I couldn't do it. <laughs> Chased down my dreams and started my career off in the strength community. Um, Strongman was a great, great part of my life. Um, I came in in the early 2000s. Um, I was always, you know, like I said, as, a, as that fat little boy, my confidence level was always rattled. And so I did 
I always worked my ass off, but one of the things that I really, really held my hat on was I wanted to do enough work in the kind of off the radar. So when I did come on the radar, I was going to be really blowing shit up because, and even when I came on, I thought I was going to get my ass kicked. But, <clears throat> you know, that's probably what helped me the most was I'm, a, I'm really tough on myself. So showed up to Strongman and, uh, you know, won my first contest. It was just a, just a little one local. It was, uh, God, it was the New Mexico strongest man. Won that one. <clears throat> and then uh, that was back when it was just NAS. And actually, at that point, it was North American Strongman Society. It hadn't even turned to NAS yet. Oh, back when it was NASS. <laughs> yeah. I, I still have some of those logos yeah. saved. Uh, I think I have some <clears throat> T-shirts with that shit on there. Yeah, and so um, at that point, you know, I started getting direction from... Um, you know, Dion and Willie, I'd kind of become in contact at that point, and they kind of started giving me some direction. And then uh, next thing you know, I went. They had they thought they thought the Zelia was a good place for me to go, so I went and won my pro card in the Zelia Fest. And uh, now, wh where was that one at? Uh, it was in Virginia. Okay. And there was a lot of I mean a lot of names there that you know. You know, myself, uh, David Oslin, there was three or four guys from that contest that went on to do a lot of great shit. Anyway, uh, so I won my, my uh, pro card there, went to uh, Las Vegas, the, it was a, a, a national qualifier. This is back when Strongman was won. It was IFSA, International Federation of Strength Athletes, nothing else. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so everybody was in one spot. Went there, placed, uh, placed fifth for my first pro show, uh, which was my third ever contest <laughs> that's that's impressive <laughs> I went to the went to pro nationals you know it was a little over my head I mean of course you know again I was still just dumb enough to think I could do it and that's what carried me through mm -hmm. <laughs> so I placed um, I think I placed seventh at the first one first pro nationals so I didn't actually make it you know off to world strongest man but at, in those days the top was it the top five went to the world's strongest man, and then the then the next five went to a different series. It was out in uh, Saint Martin, and <clears throat> you compete as a team. And mm -hmm. so, anyway, that's where my career started off. And then, you know, being the way that I look, like I did, you know, being that fat little boy, I was always very conscious of the way I looked. And so, you know, being fat was never something I could really. I, I had such a hard time handling being fat because I was fat. I still see myself as a fat little boy. Uh, because there's no video for this, listeners, um, he's the farthest <laughs> thing from fat. This might be the most jacked dude you've ever seen in your life. Um, but he, for some reason, thinks he's still fat, and I don't understand it at all. But <laughs> So basically, um had a fucking great time at Strongman. Fucking ate it up. I loved it. Um, and then, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things started happening. You know, I've done really well. I was happy. Um, had a bad injury. I had a terrible triad uh, over in uh, Ukraine. Um, terrible triad is an ACL, MCL, meniscus tear, all in one swipe. Mm. Um, came home, got rehabbed up, and somewhere in the midst of all this, the, store to, the sport has started to split. You know, that's when IFSA got bought, and there was 20 of us that got contracted, which was killer. But then the guys that didn't get contracted, of course, you know, they're pissed and other federations started opening us. So they went there and it broke the sport in many pieces. <clears throat> and that was kind of a bummer because some of my buddies that 
I've been traveling with, you know, we weren't, we're in different sides and we weren't allowed to, you know, weren't allowed to compete in the same contest. So it was kind of a bummer. Um, anyway, so I came back from my, from my knee surgery, um, came back, actually did really well. My first contest back qualified because you had to requalify for pro nationals every year mm -hmm. and came back and qualified for pro nationals in a contest. And my was still, it was an ACL and you're supposed to not go back to normal training until it was six months. Fuck that contest was five months. So I was a month what? early. I was a month early of going back to normal activity, let alone competing. <clears throat> right. But it hurt. I'll be honest. I didn't, I didn't do the last event because I had scored enough points in the events prior that I was qualified. So mm -hmm. it didn't make a difference if I did the last event. So and the last event was stones, which really hurt my knee the way that you had to kind of just the technique. It put so much pressure on the front of my knee with an ACL. <clears throat> so I opted to not do the last event, qualify for nationals. And um, basically my career was, it was killer. And then somewhere along the lines, you know, I'd, I'd actually ruptured a disc and bulged a couple other ones earlier in my career but I just I just p didn't pay attention fuck man I got where I wanted to go and I wasn't giving it up and then uh, you know all of a sudden the, my left foot stops working like it's supposed to I'm starting my left toe I keep like tripping on shit like there's something under my in front of my foot but it was my toe not wanting to lift up the way that it should really and so that was the nerve that was starting to get damaged so time to get back surgery <clears throat> that was kind of the end of my strongman career i could have come back you know but the surgeon said look you got another the disc that we fixed is weak and the one above is ready to rupture so you're going to be back here in two years and then, mm -hmm. then after that we're going to fuse you and i was like god damn so at that time i had an agent because uh it was the time of the dot-com boom there was money everywhere mm -hmm. and so somebody like myself didn't look like a fat ass even though I thought I looked like a fat ass. <laughs> yeah, I don't know I, what mirror you uh, use in your house, but, but it's clearly broken. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I had lots of sponsors and, you know, shit, man. It was, there was, you know, companies were looking for ways to spend money and write it off. And so I, like, I had an energy drink that never even made it to the market. And they were paying me three grand a month to wear a t-shirt. It was fucking great. Anyway, wow. yeah. <clears throat> so, um, long and short of it is he, my agent says, look, he says, if you want to keep, you know, if you want to keep doing what you're doing, you know, there's only one place to go if you want to, you know, continue as an athlete. And I said, what? Where, where the fuck am I going to do? You know, because you're on TV, so that's a great platform. He said, pro wrestling. Said, oh, fuck, man. I never watched pro wrestling. You know, I said, well, you know, Japan, you know, they got this uh, this style they call strong, strong style. And, uh, you know, you're, little, you're definitely more rough over there. <clears throat> and so... He basically fraudulated some resumes, made it look like I knew what I was doing. And I went and learned how to do this at a wrestling school about an hour and a half from my house. And uh, so he starts fucking sending out videotape and next thing you know, we get a fucking shot to go to Japan in a fucking wrestling match. He's, it, we got, it's called a mini tour. Oh shit. So they flew me over there <clears throat> and my agent says, look, <clears throat> you fucked this up, it's over. They're gonna know that you, didn't do the things that we told them so you better fucking find a way to get the job done in there <laughs> and I'm, okay great thanks Chris you fucker anyway so I went over there and I did enough because they brought me back and that's when my wrestling career started so then I started wrestling you know wrestling Japan um, got picked up by <clears throat> uh, my first contract was with IGF and 
then the next, I got picked up from their competitor, which was really the company I wanted to work for, was New Japan, and they were the biggest company in Japan. They're working Tokyo Dome shows, those big fucking shows. So, got picked up from them, <clears throat> but they kind of, they kind of own you. So basically, you know, you kind of just, this just the way it works, you know. So I was basically going back and I was going back and forth between Japan and, and Mexico because the sister company was CMLL and so you they always take their people and send them down to CMLL <clears throat> and so I was basically going back and forth between you know where I lived in California um, Tokyo and Mexico City so I was on the move and that was a, an amazing part of my career too then uh, you get to that point fuck at this point now I'm 42 years old and you know I can kind of feel the writing on the wall I'm not going to get re-upped you know? mm -hmm. And so, uh, well, <clears throat> I'm not I'm not done. So, what year was this when when wrestling started to when you when you knew that change was going to happen? Thir 2013 is okay. pretty much when I knew I was I was I could kind of tell it wasn't going to go into 14. You know, in the way I wanted it to. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, I could have kept. You know, I could have started going down the backside of the mountain. You know, yeah. But who I the hell it, wants to do that? I made it up the front side so quickly. You know, mm -hmm. it's like okay, now I'm going to just watch everything slowly disappear. I'm going to just cut the fucking cord and walk away. So that's what I did, and then I went to. I came home. Did my first ever bodybuilding show, <clears throat> won that thing, just, I mean, came out of nowhere. Nobody ever fucking heard of me in the bodybuilding world. Won that show, um, went, fuck, went four months later, basically just not understanding how bodybuilding worked very well. Um, had a very uncontrolled rebound, gained 30 pounds in about two days. <clears throat> and then, holy shit. Yeah, it's just the way the bodybuilding work. If you don't, if, it's called a controlled rebound because if you if you truly get all the way down and lean and dehydrate when you start to eat and drink if you don't if you're smart about it now I probably could have put on 40 or 50 it's crazy I mean it's the way that the body reacts is it's silly and it's not safe not safe yeah so anyway I you know swell up like a goddamn blowfish you know and um, then I realized fuck I got to do this again to turn pro so I fucking started dieting and again and I went and won my pro card so I'm in the school of <clears throat> I think it was the Dave Palumbo being kind of the historian of the the bodybuilding community now he says basically it was I was in the top it was three or four people who'd ever won their pro card on the second ever bodybuilding contest he said most people spend their whole lives trying to turn pro and they don't do it I walk in here in two fucking contests. I'm pro. He says, you got a lot of people that are really pissed off at you. <laughs> I bet, man. Well, that was kind of a theme because when, <clears throat> in all of what I did, you know, like I said from the beginning, I was too much of a chicken shit to just put my shit on the line. I had to do so much preparation to feel like I could kind of swim with the current. Looking back, really what I did is I got so much fucking momentum up that it was able to carry me. I mean, everything that I did was just, you know, strongman was just boom, boom, right into the fucking top wrestling. I didn't even have anything but a top. I mean, I did a couple of fucking shitty, uh, you know, shitty matches in a high school gym to get fucking footage so my agent could send it to Japan. Boom, I get my contract there. Come home, my bodybuilding contract. Boom. So the fat little boy, being that fat little boy was a fucking blessing. Best thing ever happened because the fact that I didn't have the confidence, I just always had my nose to the grindstone thinking I wasn't good enough. <clears throat> and that momentum that I would get spooled up you know, just fucking carried me to these great fucking places. And now, really the best thing for me is that all of what I've done, all of what 
I really developed my own way of training and eating as, you know, having, I basically have an eating disorder, meaning you give me a fucking bite of a cookie, you know, and I will fucking break the wall down to get to more cookies. Hmm. You know, it's just that sugar hits my tongue. And it's like, it's a proven fact now. Sugar is addicting as heroin. And uh, so anyway, best part of my career is with all that I've done and all of the influence I've had and the great people that I've actually worked with. Now I've developed this fucking system called the deep water training method, training and nutrition method. And it just fucking, I mean, it's the reason I was able to do what I do. And now I'm, I'm teaching it to people. I'm just fucking changing lives left and right. And it's fucking awesome. <clears throat> you know, one of the biggest principles that people just don't understand is this. And when I explain this, it's going to really kind of open all the listeners eyes to such all the bullshit that's out there. You know, um, I mean, all of the whole fitness industry is geared towards selling you something mm -hmm. and they want to sell you a supplement. Well, just by the nature of supplement, that means in addition to, or if you're missing something, well, if you do it all fucking right, you get it through real food. I use no supplementation, none, none. <clears throat> and so basically here is the, the, the silver bullet of my program. The human body lives in one of two modes. There's the mode of, conservation or mode of optimization most people live in conservation their body's in need because it doesn't have what it needs so they take these fucking goofy supplements think it's going to help when the, what they need is more micronutrients not macro we're talking micro macro says you got a car micro tells you what fucking motors in the car mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's right <clears throat> so anyway um so most people live in conservation, and so you know they're carrying body fat they can't get rid of. Even if they're in great shape, they think it's their poor genetics. They can't get rid of it. No, your body's in need. It's in the fucking mode of conservation. So every time you eat, it's going to store some. Um, if you're tired in the afternoon, if you have a hell of a time waking up, if you have a hell of a time building muscle, these are all signals that your body is in the mode of conservation, hands down. <clears throat> so when I talk with someone and I listen to what the problems are going through, if you've got three of... If he's got three of these things I just talked about, you know, and there's a lot more, those are the big ones. If he's got three of them, I can fucking bet my left arm I can change their life. Because what I do is I coach their, I coach them, but really what I'm doing is I'm giving their body what it needs to have them basically leave the mode of conservation and enter the mode of optimization. Now, I call those two modes survival mode, survive and thrive. <clears throat> so once we get someone to that mode of optimization, the body's okay, son of a bitch. I have everything I need. Um, I have no problem building muscle because I'm not worried about the extra responsibility. When the body's in that mode of conservation, it doesn't want to build muscle because muscle tissue requires more nourishment. If it doesn't already have the nourishment it needs, why the fuck's it want more response to build more muscle? That's why people have trouble. So the body says, want to build some muscle, no problem. Fucking energy levels shoot through the roof, start sleeping fucking better, your sex drive goes up, and then the body's all, what the fuck am I carrying this 20 pounds of backpack, this fucking fat, and it just starts fucking shedding fat. I mean, people just, once that point comes where the tipping point where the body gets happy enough and you start to lose body fat, it's fucking alarming. People are like, what the fuck, I'm getting stronger and my have to cut new holes in my fucking belt, and then we have to buy a new belt altogether, like, this doesn't make sense. Well, it's because you've been blinded by the fitness industry that wants to keep you in that mode of conservation. So you keep buying all their fucking shit because they're telling you it's going to fix your problem when it has nothing to do with fixing your problem. Right. It has to do with making the problem worse. 
and then they get you in that revolving door and you know you just okay well then you need this supplement well that didn't work okay yeah this one's better for you no oh, fuck all that shit so <clears throat> i guess the best part about my career and i just realized i may have been too back too far back from the mic is it was when earlier when i was like this is that okay it still it still sounds okay but closer is better okay all right i'll get a little closer um so now hands down the most rewarding part of my career is to teach people the shit that i learned to change my life and now you know, i'm 47 I'll be 48 soon and I'm at that point in my life where I mean, I've done a lot of great shit for myself. But you start to think, what, what the fuck am I leaving behind? Am I just going to be this fucking guy that's known to be a, kind of a crazy fucker, done a lot of shit and fucking big shoulders? Or am I going to be the guy that just remembered, you know, yeah, he changed lives. And by the way, he was jacked. I'd rather have the second of the two. Yeah, because we were at the Olympia, you know, all day, the last two days, yeah. all day, last two days. And you just still look better than everybody else on the stage who's trying to go and they're all contest prep and you're just like it's a Friday <laughs> you're just like man this is okay because um, everybody knows John Anderson I mean if you're if you're at the Olympian you don't know who John Anderson is then there's a problem and you need to fucking learn some shit um, but if, at 47 years old man you look better than all the 20 year olds all the 30 year olds it's well, I still compete in the open in bodybuilding as an IFBB pro, and <clears throat> there's no question that the younger guys are getting tougher and tougher. Mm-hmm. But when I, I'm still competitive, I'm still I can still get in there, and bang around the mid pack, and I'm still you know for older guy, I'm still pretty big and full. When they say a lot of times people say when you get older, you can't be big and full. That's bullshit. It's because you're in that mode of conservation, mm-hmm. and so. Because I really understand how the body works and really understand how my body works, I'm able to do shit that most people don't understand. And, uh, yeah, so that's that's it, man. It's, it's it's killer because, I mean, the biggest, like I said, the biggest thing. Sorry, i got to let a little air out here. <laughs> Anybody who knows me knows I burp a lot of fart. I'm a rank motherfucker, but, you know, yeah. it's well, a, I'm a love-hate guy. Love when you're putting me. out as much food as you do, it's got to go somewhere, man. That's it. So, so anyway, so that's, that's probably been the most rewarding part of my career. Um, that's just me. And I have, I have a, you know, a, a wonderful, beautiful wife companion that takes care of me. We, the thing that makes our relationship so good is that she accepts me and, you know, not, I'm, I'm here again. I'm love, hate. You know, even my friends, they take me in doses, you know, <laughs> and when my friends need a break, they, they kind of wander off and then they come back when they're ready and I'm okay with that. <clears throat> you know, I go hard and, you know, I've, I've got a fucking whopping case of OCD and, you know, ADD and as a, as a kid, yeah, I was slow, you know, in those days there wasn't all these fucking letters. Was, oh, the fucking kid's slow. Put them in the resource room. Well, the resource room, otherwise known to all the other kids as the fucking retard room. Yeah. So I had, I was across the room, there was fucking Down syndrome kids in the classroom I was in for half of my days in elementary school. Wow. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> I mean keep in mind, there was people like me who they were trying to get their reading. I mean, I'll be totally fucking honest, brother. One of the best things that ever happened to me was being that fat little boy and having these learning disabilities because what I became a master at was figuring shit out, you know? I, I went to college, still couldn't fucking read worth a damn. I mean, I cheated most of my way through high school, to be honest, you know? Which is, <clears throat> honestly, it's fairly easy to do. I know. And, and if you can't, well, I, if I you mean, can't I, make it through fucking high school, 
there's something really wrong. Like you're just lazy. Well, then, you know, then I go to college and I'm like, okay, I just got to buckle down and fucking do this because, you know, you get fucking kicked out of college for, you know, you know, your, your parents are paying for college. You get kicked out. You don't get that money back. Nope. You know, so. And they have a very strict no refund policy. You know, oh, yeah. So I, so I go to buy books the first fucking semester. I go back to my dorm. I peel all these things open. Dude, I must have been sitting in a fucking dark room by myself. It's like I couldn't hear or see anything. I'm like, oh, my, I don't understand anything. I can read it out loud. sounding, you know, fairly normal. You can definitely tell, the, okay, the guy doesn't read well. Mm-hmm. But the comprehension is not there. It's just not there. <laughs> not there. So I basically was able to figure out how to survive with my with my disability, so to speak. And I'm not trying to play a victim. No fucking way, man. These things were the best thing that ever happened to me because me figuring shit out, me being a problem solver, that's what fucking has made me who I am. Mm-hmm. You know? You put a problem in front of me, and nine times out of ten, I'm going to come out the ass, ass end of that son of a bitch better off than when the problem was put in front of me. And uh, so, you know, now I, I look at problems as an opportunity. It's an opportunity. You, you've got a big problem. You're willing to do things right now that you wouldn't do without that problem in front of you. <clears throat> so when a problem fucking whacks me upside the head, of course, I'm all, fuck, take a deep breath. Here we go. Time to dive in this motherfucker. I'll go in head first. And... and it's like diving into a pool with a fucking goddamn blindfold on. You are hoping to Christ there's water in the bottom of that. Because I can't tell you how many times, first thing that fucking hits my fucking face is the cement at the bottom of that motherfucker. And I have to just stand up, dust myself off, pick up my fucking teeth that I knocked out, put them in my pocket, get out of that fucker, and, and go find the next pool, hoping there's a little water at the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> more, when, more than a little would be great. Yeah. But when you're willing to continue... You, that's where the most people take that fucking big shot and they're done. Mm-hmm. That big shot just means motherfucker. Let's we got hope the next one hurts a little less. Right. <laughs> and that, so basically, um, you know, going back to you know, it's kind of leaning into my family. My wife accepts me. Uh, she accepts me for who I am. I don't feel like. I'm in trouble for all of the weirdness that I, I mean, I fucking burp a lot. I fucking, I, you know, fart a lot. You've been around me. I'm, I'm, you know, you're going to get what you get. I'm love. I'm not going to, I'm going to, this is me. I wear my shit on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm people who know me know, you know, I, I will fucking, if I have a level of loyalty, I'll take care of the people around me guaranteed, <clears throat> but I just let my shit hang out. And because of that, the people that accept me are, people in my life the people that don't or not (laughs) i think i think what that really gives is you have this it's not a sense of realness it just is real um you're a real person and you know a lot of the other celebrities that we we talk about we talk to you know they try to cover a lot of their their flaws up and they shouldn't because i think the real people just want to see okay man all right you deal with shit too all right they can relate they can say hey man this guy he had trouble reading in school i had fucking trouble reading in school so Mm. What can I do to help? What, what can he show me? Oh, yeah. Now, okay, well, he can show me that. Well, he's done this, too. And that just opens it up. So as we do that, we, I want to caveat into, the, like, deep water training. Yeah, yeah. Um, you say you're a problem solver. You've figured your, your own body out pretty well at this point. Yeah. Um, at least for the next three years, you're good. When you hit 50, shit might change and go all haywire again. But now you're fixing other people's problems, too. Yeah. Um, and you're helping them figure that out. And is that, you know, a little little bit of a part of that? You know, you figured yourself out. You're like, okay, 
But now yeah. you need that next challenge, mm -hmm. that next problem. Are your clients those next those next challenges? Well, you know, when it comes down to it, <clears throat> one of the things that the people I work with, they'll you know they'll tell you. I say all the time, a good coach changes the life, not just a physique. And so, I coach the person. And I can't tell you how many of my clients have gone through personal struggle. Like I have a guy, of course, I'm not going to say his name over the air here, but he's going through a divorce. I've had a couple of these people go through right in the middle of us, you know, work on a big goal. And I'm like, look, dude, you know, this, you're, what you're doing right now, you're dealing to deal with the pain. I understand, you know, to start drinking at night, shit like that, <clears throat> but it doesn't make it better. What's going to make this better is for you to feel good about yourself, for you to line up what you need to do and do it. Those little things, those little accomplishments day to day. So, I mean, I have one, a guy right now. I have an alarm set so I don't fuck it up. Every night I text him, are you ready for tomorrow? Because if he pre prepares himself tonight for tomorrow, he has a great day tomorrow. He's pulling out of this funk like a fucking champ. Now he actually is texting me before I normally text him just to show me that he's on the fucking shit. Yeah. He's on it. And so, you know, that, I mean, my coaching, we're, we're really working on giving him a better physique. But here again, <clears throat> coach the person, the physique wasn't the most important part to coach at that point in time. So we shifted gears. Now, granted, I was still coaching him on his diet and this, that, and the other, but it was secondary to me making sure he was mentally and emotionally charged and ready to get through the next day to have a good day to feel good about himself so he could deal with his problems and <clears throat> you know i i look at this as an opportunity because that's a life that i'm going to change really change not just get abs you know mm -hmm. giving the abs is great but giving the abs and be the the coach that that helped you through the dark time that's well, we all we all picture. have abs. I got to point that out. Some of us <laughs> have it in the they're cooler. Well, they're well kept <laughs> secrets. That's you know? right. I, I I don't want to show that off. You know, mm -hmm. I don't take my pants off and walk around, so I don't want to necessarily show off the abs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, with that and with, with these challenges that you're helping these guys through, you know, a lot of our listeners and you know just people in general, not even just listeners, um, they seem to think that they can just like go from, you know, fat, fat, dumpy Joe on the couch to turn it into John Anderson by tomorrow. And they think that, oh, man, if I could work out six hours a day, then I'll be good. Well, And that's sometimes a problem because there's there's another 18 hours in a day that they're not taking care of. Yeah, and, and part of that, too, <clears throat> when someone brings that type of, you know, they're motivated, they bring something like that to the table, one of the things I try to do with them is I try to help them understand that, okay, we need to take this effort and we need to, split it into the places of your life in the totem pole that's going to allow this to work for any length of time. Anybody can get motivated, like you said, and go fucking nuts for a couple of months and have the rest of their life suffer, make a little bit of progress. Now, keep in mind, they're undoubtedly going to still be in the mode of conservation. So right when they're fucking done, their body's going to snap back to where they started because all they, they didn't do it right. They just got motivated and started fucking buying fucking protein powders. And, <clears throat> and next thing you know, you know, like you said, there's 18 other hours in the day. Are you handling your other business? You know, diet and exercise, if done properly, will make the rest of your life better. It's not supposed to fuck the rest of your life up. And that's, I think, what most people don't understand is that, you know, they get so fucking focused on the goal of, you know, their physique or their strength. They leave the rest of their life behind. And then they got this, so, this, this you know, this little fucking mess turned into a, huge fuck a dump truck load of a fucking mess that's an emergency 
And now they have to stop. Their journey stops because they have to go fix the fires that are fucking ready to burn their life to the ground. So my coaching, I, I attack from all sides. When I see someone's <clears throat> really fired up, you can kind of sense it. You can feel it. Like you said, you, they're just on fire. But you know that that fire's burning too hot in one part of their life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's part of my coaching as well is that I have to really sense it. I can tell if somebody's given too much because you can only give so much for so long. And if you're given too much to one thing, other things are going to suffer. You know, and obviously it's different for every some of the family. Usually those people are not going to be, they're not going to sacrifice their kids to the point where I need to help them understand that. It's usually single people, you know, that will, you know, end up, you know, leaving work early or God knows what. They just get in trouble with the authorities in their life. <clears throat> Next thing you know, okay, you don't have a fucking job. Where are you going to live? You know, mm-hmm. you, you know, granted... I'm sure people hear the stories, oh, you know, so-and-so slept in his car to make it, blah, blah, blah. But you got to understand, that was before you had responsibility. I mean, I went through a phase like that. <clears throat> you know, I was, when I'd say I was, I was really working my ass off to get into, you know, to reach some goals and get into my strength career. I mean, it was after college. There was a period of time. I wasn't ready to go into the strongman, in my strongman career yet. I, I probably could have gone sooner, but I, here again, that lack of confidence made me stay off the radar. Mm-hmm. And there was a time there where I'd, and I had no responsibilities at that. I was fresh out of college. You know, my only real responsibility was fucking rent, you mm-hmm. know, and I was unable to pay my rent, and so I ended up sleeping on couches, and can't say that I slept in my cars. I had people around me that took care of me um, that helped, but the point in being is that, you know, that's something you do when you're fucking 22, 23, not when you're fucking 27 and you've got a life that you've established. Yeah. You don't want to fucking go back to sleeping in fucking people's couches <laughs> when right. you've actually established your life, you know? You better not be in your 30s crashing on couches like that. Yeah. That's just not cool. Man. That's just not. <laughs> yeah, so so it's really when it comes down to it, my my, you know, a lot of my my people call me a life coach. I don't sell life, but life really gets better with my coaching because I coach the person. And the other thing is I fucking love it, dude. I love what I do. I mean, I love training. I love nutrition. I love the things I do personally. I love the things that my clients are doing. It's like, you know, sometimes, you know, people say, man, you're so down to earth. I said, look, man, we're just two fucking guys talking about the shit we love. I mean, granted, I've done some, I've done a lot of stuff, but that doesn't make me a better person. I'm the same fucking guy you are. I've just started fucking working a lot, working my ass off a long, long before you did, you know? Yeah, that's pretty much <clears> it. Yeah. And that's a lot of times people are so unaccustomed to running into others that have actually accomplished shit that still have that, you know, feeling of humbleness. And I think you, you know, if, I mean, probably the, where I came from being that fat little boy, you know, it's probably another. It's probably another gift because I've, I always. I mean, I look in the mirror and I still see those little. I mean, the the tits that you couldn't tell if I was a little boy or a little girl. Oh man, <laughs> you know. So, so point of being is that. I'm, you know, I'm still pretty sure your mirrors in your house are fucking broken. <laughs> something wrong with those damn but things. The, but the the blessing of of all of this is that it's you know it's. You know, it, here I am. I'm I'm this guy that has done all this shit and I'm helping people, but because of how I went about things, because of my issues, 
I've turned I've turned out to be a guy who's humble that likes to help people and you know for the most part when people talk to me they they see me and they just immediately think I'm going to be a dickhead you know that's just judging the book by its cover you well know? to be fair a lot of bodybuilders that I've met and I've met a fucking shit ton <laughs> when they're getting ready for a show they they don't have friends yeah. because they're big assholes That's well and, and part of that is because they're preparing for a bodybuilding contest in that mode of conservation which makes the fucking job a hundred times harder than it needs to be yeah though so they're fucking fighting an uphill battle the whole fucking time and of course they're dickheads you know it's mm -hmm. like they're the body's fighting them every step of the way and they're giving everything they have to fucking meet a goal sorry I had to lean away from the mic to fart again. Oh, it came through, so it's fine. It's, it's all right. <laughs> but, like, what, what I deal with, though, because the strongman community is definitely where I live and where I stay. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, that's home. You mean but, you're not prepping for a show, bro? Fuck no. <laughs> oh, shit, man. Dude, I like bad food so much. It's ridiculous. I can't say I like food too much. I know I like bad food way too much, and I like copious amounts of it. But at 320 pounds, man, I feel good. Because I'm happy in my whole life. Yeah. Everything else is in place. If I was fucking miserable, probably those aches and pains would just eke right back in. Yeah. Sleep would be terrible. Everything else would be bad. But as it stands now, you know, I'm traveling all over the place. Tomorrow, I fly back to Kentucky. And then the following morning, I'm going to Iceland. So, yeah, I'm just going to keep going. Because yeah. this life is fucking awesome. Yeah. That's so, beautiful, bro. That's what it's all about. I can chill at 320. Still be, you know, a strong fat kid. And, uh, <laughs> you know, I can do that. But, you know, it's all about personal goals. So the clients that you have that want to be jacked and tan, and that's the way that they want to go. I never begrudge anybody for doing that. It's what you want in your life. And whatever makes you happy is what makes you happy. So a fat, strong man usually is a pretty happy guy. <laughs> I mean, you've met a lot of them. The majority of us are, ah, okay, man. All right, we're going to go eat steak? Let's do that, yeah. Well, you know, the, one of the cool things is that people that, that kind of, because I have that strength root, a lot of the people at, that I work with, you know, they research and they see that I've, you know, had that original career in the strength community. And, uh, you know, some of the some of the shit that I did in, in that period, you know, I mean, I squatted, goddamn, I could used to be able to squat 700 for 10 pretty regularly. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was always more of a heavyweight, higher rep guy, <clears throat> you know, because strongman was not a lot of maxes in the time and the period I was in. It was like, okay, how many times can you deadlift 700 pounds for reps, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so people come to me and they're like, you know, when I want to find out what their goals are, most of them want to be fucking lean, they want to be jacked, and they want to be strong as a motherfucker. And that's perfect because that's my world. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm good at teaching people to do similar shit that I've done. I can teach people to do whatever, but I love that challenge. Most people don't think you can be in fucking great shape, be lean as a motherfucker and strong as a motherfucker. And that's what I like to teach because that's the fucking white elephant. That's Sasquatch. That's the unicorn that people think's not fucking there, but it is. Yeah, I've met John Anderson. I know that guy. <laughs> <laughs> and so that really, it all comes down to those two modes. I get people from that mode of conservation to that mode of opti optimization. I call these modes survive and thrive, and bam, I mean, everything fucking changes. And then I teach them how to get, how to keep themselves there, and it's life changed. And it's, it's awesome, brother. I eat it up, baby. You know, yes. and then I think the best part about it now is, you know, you don't find a lot of people that have taken, you know, because these are all cult sports, if you will. 
Yeah. None of none of what I've done is mainstream. Even the wrestling was probably the most mainstream, and I call it paycheck wrestling because it's about money. You mm-hmm. know, it's 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 basically a show. It's it's predetermined. Um, you know, the the bottom line is that I've been able to take what I've done and leverage it into a fucking great life. I mean, you know, it's it's and I really want people to understand that they can. Most people think, oh, I you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. Well, fuck it, of course you can because you think you can't. But I mean. You know, I've got, uh, you know, to my wonderful family, you know, um, I mean, I surprised my wife with a 9-11, you know, Porsche earlier in the year. Um, you know, I drive, we have two Porsches. You know, my daughter drives a little. Wait, how the fuck did you get into a Porsche? Is right. there a shoehorn like well, that? See, the just brother, get the, you in Here's there, the thing. When I, when I get into a car, it's always going to be a motherfucker. When yeah. I'm in, am I comfortable? That's the question. Yeah. <clears throat> Are they comfortable? Yeah. Absolutely. Really? Oh yeah, but the, the the Panamera GTS is fucking crazy comfortable. Really. Anyway, so you know, you look at a fucking guy who has been in all these cult sports. You don't think that he's really have, you know, really amassed. You know, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a fucking pompous cocksucker, but you know, has amassed any wealth, if you will. You know, we've I you know I've I've got you know. I live on the San Francisco Bay. You know, we have a vacation house in Mexico. Um, you know, we, we have everything we want and more. And it's all from, you know, the shit we're talking about. Yeah. And that's what I want people to understand the most is, yes, you can. Mm-hmm. It's going to be easy. Fuck no. But you can do it. I mean, if it was easy, everybody would be fucking Jackson Tan. And then people would be trying to get fat to be different. Yeah. So it's, it's important to have the those outliers and those people there that are, Hey, that's something I want to be. That's, that's yeah. where I want, that's where I want to get to. Because when but this shit wasn't given to you. No, no. You I had to work fucking and, hard for this. And that's one of the things when I say I coach the person, because mm-hmm. I don't want to coach somebody having a great fucking physique and destroying their life. I want to coach someone to having a great physique and make their life better. And so the reason I explained all this about myself, you know, if, as I said, I don't want to sound like a fucking pompous ass cocksucker is because I want people to understand that, in this journey that was based around these sports, I didn't sacrifice my life. My life was got better and better as I went because of the way that I went about doing it. And that's the thing that I want people to understand. Most people <clears throat> look at a big guy and they're in awe until he goes and he gets in his fucking little beat up fucking car that where the where the window is stuck down and they see this big motherfucker has traded his life to look that way. Mm-hmm. I don't want that for anybody. You know, you know, a lot of people they put it's going back to that guy who's so fucking fired up and he lets the rest of his life fucking rot away. And then, you know, he's basically he's got a great physique, but he let his life go so fucking far, you know, he can't get it back Mm -hmm. versus, you know, I want people to reach their goals and let the nutrition and the training be a vehicle to make your fucking life better. And that's what I'm getting at. That's exactly what happened to me. And, you know, I mean, literally, if, if I spend two days off my meal plan, I, I don't have the focus, I don't have the energy, I don't have the motivation. So when you're really feeling good and you're optimized, and I'm not just talking about the body, I'm talking about the mind, I'm talking about the soul. I'm not trying to get fucking religious on you, but I'm a spiritual dude. I, I mean, I feel shit on the inside. And when you really feed your being, Dude, you're, you're, you are basically in a higher level of consciousness 
which means again you're you you're not gonna fucking destroy your life in the process of getting your good physique your good physique is really gonna be a side effect positive side effect of the rest of your life getting better that's my coaching so what are you doing personally for your mental health I mean you try and like meditation are you you know taking time out for you or is it just vacation time is it family time um like i've heard about these sensory deprivation tanks and all this other kind of crazy shit so that's a great question you know and you know i would say that i you know when i was younger i actually used to have different forms of meditation where i would kind of like one of the things that i i you know people want to understand and I actually have a book on, you know, it's called The Monster Mindset. It's about, you know, the power of the mind and meditation. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most basic form, what I do is you just, you go to a place and you sit where it's quiet, you close your eyes, and you just start to count. One, two, three. And you count with your breath. So you count one, two, three in, one, two, three out. And you close your eyes. And all of a sudden you feel as one, two, threes turn into one, two, three. Everything slows down. And you, you get kind of an interesting feeling of clarity. And, but I don't think people are able to get into that interesting phase of clarity when their body's fucking processing a fucking Big Mac. <laughs> that yeah, makes sense? Yeah, there's no such thing as clarity. I feel like a, uh, <laughs> a fucking grizzly bear got hit by a tranquilizer <laughs> dart. That's and, what I feel like. And so, so when it comes down to it, you know, the, the, the mind, you know, and the, the spirit is a fucking whopping part of this. But I don't, try to, I don't try to fucking sell that, so to speak. I don't really talk to people about that until they start to tell me about the positive shit that's happened in their life while we're working together. Because I want them to see it for themselves. I don't want me to tell them, okay, you're going to start to feel this and you're going to feel that. I'll tell them about their bodies. But I don't really tell them about their minds because I want them to experience that and have it be an organic experience. When they tell me, that's when it really happened. You have so many fucking coaches that will try to convince their people of something. And then the person starts to believe it Mm -hmm. versus... You know, people say to me, oh, I'm, I do. I need to send you a picture every week. I said, look, <clears throat> you can if you want to. But in week two, when you're fucking stronger, you can't believe how fucking strong you are, how much more energy you have, how good you're sleeping, and your fucking pants are getting looser in the waist, I don't need a picture because you've told me this. I haven't fucking planted seeds about what's going to happen. I've just told you a lot of good shit's going to happen. You won't understand why it's happening at first, but I want you to tell me what you see as it happens. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so it's, uh, you know, then, you know, right about that time, they start to feel really fucking mentally clear. And at that point, now we really can start fucking making progress and the rest of their lives start to get better too. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> so some clients actually do like to go a little bit deeper into the spiritual part. And we do talk about different methods of meditation. Like I have, a few people have helped lose like 100 pounds of body fat. Wow. And meditation was a huge fucking part of their shit because I, they could feel some of that, you know, they don't really know what's coming, but they can feel that trouble's on the way. <clears throat> and so I basically give them a protocol to prepare for that so they could manage that, what's coming. Because, you know, usually someone that's gone that far off the deep end, he's done that or she's done that through some sort of a trigger in their life. Um, one of my clients... She's a lady. Every time she had contact with her fucking mother-in-law, bam, she was headed for fucking candy. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> I told her, I said, hey, 
when you know you're going to talk or see your mother-in-law, I want you to have your fucking purse stocked full with fucking Quest bars. Just eat those things till you can't breathe, and that's going to be the first step. And, you know, versus her putting herself into a fucking sugar coma with eating 15 candy bars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? That's a lot of fucking candy, <clears throat> man. Damn. And so the point in being is it's, it's, you know, like I said, it's, you know, the, the power of the mind. You know, you have to register what the problem is, and you have to have the power of the mind to deal and manage the problem. And some of those problems are fucking much bigger than others. And meditation, a lot of times, is something I will teach my clients because they need to have that. They need more strength of the mind. They have. They need more management skills, if you will. So again, I coach the person, man. Yeah. You know. <clears throat> so another thing I want to hit on. I always give you shit when we're at a show that you have to eat every 27 minutes. <laughs> it's usually between every event. I look over and you've got your your beef and your rice and your green beans and you're going. So did you say rice? No, there's no rice. Sorry, yeah. there's no carbs in there. So, my bad. Come on now. There's yeah. beef and there's green beans. There's always beef and green beans. Yeah. I always see it. Um, but uh, when you're when you're going through your day, now I know your levels are going to be different than anybody who's starting out new. A first day guy is not going to have the same diet you do. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work. That's just too much. Mm-hmm. So what are you doing every day for your, your nutrition? So <clears throat> I'm going to eat, you know, I'm going to eat, depending on the time of the year, what I'm doing, like, Right now, I'm seven weeks away. Seven weeks, yes, or seven weeks away to the uh, IFBB Grand Prix in in uh, bodybuilding show in oh fuck, Bucharest, uh, Romania. Romania. Thank you, honey. <laughs> she is paid attention. To us. That's awesome. in Romania. So anyway, what I do when I'm coming into shows is really what I do is I take my first step. I do is I take what I'm eating and I split it into more meals. So it's not that I'm eating less at first. I just split into more meals, which will speed up my metabolism. But ultimately, to kind of summarize, I'm going to eat anywhere between, you know, seven to ten times a day. And and realistically, what is is I never want to be hungry and I never want to be full. Mm -hmm. I want to think of my stomach as a a gas tank at half tank all the time. And... That basically, and then I, then from there, I'm worried about my the, the micronutrients and what I'm eating. So when you see me, the ground beef and the green beans is because that stuff is really easy to travel with. <clears throat> you know, you could have a thing of ground beef that fucking sits out all day, and it's not going to spoil. You have a fairly rare steak that sits all day. That fucker's going to reek. Yeah, it's not, <laughs> not going to always so, smell right. Yeah, it's going to be chicken. It's going to be fish. It's going to be beef ground turkey um i love the ground products because they're easier to eat and they digest better and then the real micronutrient dense uh essential fats and vegetables that's my diet and it's really different for everybody you know meaning one of my clients right now you give him an avocado 30 minutes later his fucking veins are popping out his forearms another one of my clients you give him avocado it kills his appetite he gets bloated Hmm. so there's there's really no boilerplate oh yeah eat this in my system i'm teaching you to understand what your body tells you after you eat it is it a good or bad response yeah and people have to know that i mean fuck yes we have so many i don't want to necessarily hit on like the food allergy shit because that's a bunch of garbage (laughs) that's a a whole other topic how many how many ethiopians you know have got a fucking lactose intolerance problem none because they're fucking starving to death um this is an american problem it really is but you know your body does react differently and that's why after all these 
I mean, thousands of scientists have developed all these fucking diets. There's not one that's perfect because it doesn't exist because every person is yes. different. And you could be on the same diet for a month and as your body changes, and after you lose 100 pounds of, of body fat, totally, you yeah. know what? Your body's going to react differently to that same meal that you ate a year yep. ago yep. that was similar, but yep. it's just going to react and differently. Brother, that is exactly why I teach someone to read their body because mm -hmm. what you're reading now is going to be different than what you're reading in a year. And if you only know how to you know, replicate a program, that program at some point is not going to continue to work. Mm -hmm. When you can read the body, that program, you know, that eating program that I've taught someone is going to evolve and they'll evolve with the signals. And that's why people under my, I mean, I have people under my wing that go on like, you know, 18 months gaining periods and never plateau. And, that might, and they're like, that's incredible. It's because they know how to read their bodies. Most people, mm -hmm. they run some sort of a program and they, the program starts stops working. Well, it's because the program didn't fuck you. You weren't paying attention to what your body was telling you along the way. So if I said, okay, fuck you. I, you're not going to give me what I need. I'm just going to fucking sit down right here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the body is quick to, to let you know, I'm quitting. I'm out. Yeah. That's it. This is, this is all you're getting. That's it. Um, but if you know those cues and those signals and, and what's, you know, if you've got pain, hey, that's a signal. Yeah, fuck you yeah. might you might need to address that. And I'm not saying fucking go get pharmaceuticals and take painkillers and you know load up on a leave or et cetera or anything else. It's just hey, your body's fucked up right now. Oh, you, yeah. you need to address the the cause of the problem rather than just throw band aids on it. Yes, I mean if you think about the classic American, he or she eats when they have growling stomach. Mm -hmm. That growling stomach is the body screaming at the top of the lungs, "Hey, you dumb motherfucker, give me something to eat," mm -hmm. and. So then they'll eat, and they'll eat too much till their fucking stomach hurts, and then the body's screaming again, what the fuck are you doing? Mm -hmm. I gave you a signal five minutes ago to stop fucking eating, and now you're pile-driving me with all this fucking cheesecake? I was good after the fucking steak. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Probably and like so, halfway through the steak. I was okay, and so, but you kept eating. Yeah, and, and so the bottom line is, is that if you know how to listen to the body, and I'm talking subtle signals, not anybody can listen to the body screaming. Yeah, and that's the fucking problem. Most people only know how to decipher the screams. If we treated our bodies <laughs> like we do our cars, we'd be so much better. Oh, buddy! What most people do, they're like, "Hey, um, I blew my knee out, so I needed to maybe start some physical therapy." If you did that with your car, oh, I blew my engine. Yeah. Maybe I need to change the oil. Yeah, motherfucker, it's too late. Yeah, I mean, it's so you've got to take care of yourself. One hundred percent. You, I say to people all the time, if you had a fucking Ferrari, would you take it to the fucking gas station to get a tune-up? No. Fuck no, you wouldn't. No. Well, why the fuck are you taking yourself to fucking a fast food restaurant to fuel up? Mm-hmm. What the fuck is wrong with these people? That's absolutely right, man. But, you know, part of the problem is that people have been raised not to fucking know any better. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom loved me to fucking death, and God knows she cooked and did everything she could, and at the time... <clears throat> she thought she was feeding me very healthy, which for the time she was, according to what we knew. Right. But... Most people, they basically learn from what they see their parents do or what their parents teach them, which is almost always going to be from their childhood, which is fucking 30 years dated. Yep. You know, I mean, there was a time on this planet where we all knew for a fucking fact it was flat. Well, we know differently now. Well, there was a time hey, on this planet. Some of those assholes still think that no, shit. <laughs> we can't help them. <clears throat> and then there, now, but there's also a time on this planet where we all knew for a fact that carbohydrate built muscle. Carbohydrate has nothing to do with building muscle. Mm -hmm. It is only an energy source. But people, 
literally still believe that that's a building has properties of building muscle absolutely not and so you know going going back to the the people that have been taught by their parents you know the parents like my mom perfect example loved me to death and did everything she thought she was in her power but she was really bringing forth the information from her childhood like, fuck like the old rule of you don't waste food because we cooked it and we need it for the money, yep. you finish your entire plate. Oh, fuck yes. I mean, that like, might be one of the worst things to fucking do to a kid. Oh, my God. You know, and then, then the fat-free craze hit. Oh, God, the fat-free thing. I got so fucking fat in the fat-free craze because everything was just chock full of fucking sugar. Yeah. I mean, that, that made my eating disorder Fat-free tastes like shit. Bananas. <laughs> you got to add sugar. Yeah, and so that fat-free craze, that that fucking really, I should probably thank the fat-free craze because that made everything from my tits getting bigger to my fucking learning disability get worse because sugar <laughs> makes that even worse. Oh, yeah, it, it fucking <laughs> destroys you. you so, know? man, this is the, the saddest part of any podcast I've had to do. I have to cut this one short because I've got a wedding to go to in like 15 minutes. Um, and I have to be ready for that. Um, we could probably do this all fucking day long. Well, I was going to say this. What this this is going to be a teaser because it's for those be. of you that um, I'm sure you'll you know, at some point figure it out, but it's fucking pretty early in the morning. You know, yeah. we started this at fucking seven <laughs> seven o'clock, seven thirty. Yeah. You know, and I'm a morning person, but you know, you let me get my juices flowing, I really start to entertain. Get about you know? three or four more meals in. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So we'll have to do another one of these for sure. Next Absolutely. time we catch up at a at a straw man show. But we'll dedicate a time that's not so early in the morning, and we'll fucking cook it. Just kill yeah, it. Have we'll some, just do it. Really rock and, rock and have some more fun, give some more great information, and talk about all the shit we didn't have time for today. Man, it's, it's awesome. And I'm telling you, man, we could really do this all day long. This has been fantastic. John, thank you so much for, you for opening up your hotel room to me. <laughs> and uh, to your lovely wife for you know not wanting to kill me this early in the morning <laughs> and waking her up. I did bring coffee, but I don't think that's enough. <laughs> um, but, man, thank you so much much for doing this and this has been fantastic right on brother hello ladies and gentlemen this segment is brought to you by Bullstrong. Bullstrong is an apparel company started by a good close personal friend of mine named bull now here i'm here to tell you about what Bullstrong really is Bullstrong's a mentality it's a belief that you can do anything you've trained your mind as hard as you have your muscles you believe in yourself and you know your own potential. You're the type of person who stands up for what you believe in. You do what you say and no one doubts it. To be truly bull strong, the word quit is not in your vocabulary. If you're listening to this and you instantly thought that fits your description, then support our brand. Proclaim to the world that you are indeed bull strong. You can access bull strong on Facebook. Just go and search bull strong. He'll pop right up. You've got Bull Strong Apparel. It's bull-strongapparel.com. To put it simple, Bull Strong is a company that don't suck. <laughs>